Welcome everybody to another episode of the TCM Project, The Search for Memphis and Dakota. This is episode three entitled Meeting Papa with your host, Dominique Danielle. Don't forget to find us at the TCM Project at Outlook.com for any questions or concerns. The Search for Memphis and Dakota on Facebook. The TCM Project underscore 2004 on Instagram. And The Search for Memphis and Dakota on YouTube. You can also hear the podcast on Anchor, Breaker, Google Pods, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Spotify, and Apple Podcast. Thank you. Hello, 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 good people, and thank you for joining me again for episode three. So, last week we talked, we talked about me going through my, my first surgery and everything I went through, and... When you're going through these things, usually with anything, especially health-wise, you need a support system. And you probably think it's minor, you know, fibroids and what I was going through, but it's really it's kind of a big deal. So you need a support system. I had my family to lean on and to support me through that time. But I also found that in my now husband, Aaron. You know, even though when I first started with that, he was just my friend, then became my boyfriend, and he really supported me. He was like, he was there for me whenever I needed him. And guess what? He's here to join us today for this podcast, Meeting Papa. So, everyone say hello to Papa, actually known as Aaron Williams. Hey, babe. Hey, how you doing today? Great, great, great. So, let's start off by telling the peoples how we met. Oh, man. So, let me see. Uh, we met at work. We were working at the uh, Post Oak YMCA. Oh, okay. Put it out there. I mean, <laughs> we both were camp counselors or whatever you call it shit. Uh, you had a boyfriend. And... I might have had a girlfriend. You did. And, um, yeah, that's how we met. We we were flirting, uh, passing notes to each other from with kids, using kids, <laughs> using kids in our program. Hangman. We yeah. played Hangman. Oh, my gosh. We sent sexual quotes through Hangman. <laughs> that is funny. But, you know, we, it's okay, so look. When I first met him, we was at a training camp, getting ready to start the summer camp session. And him and his girlfriend was in there licking um, beignet powder sugar off each other's faces. Uh, what? Yes. No, I don't, I don't recall that. No, oh, yes, you recall. That's exactly what y'all was doing. And I was sitting over there to my lonesome by myself, because that's what I do. You had a whole my, nigga. Don't 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 make it seem I like did. you was just by yourself in life. I'm talking about at that point in time oh, doing okay. the training right. while you was over there licking sugar off people's faces. Okay. So, and I saw him, but I was like, you know what? He's really cute. He looked mean as hell, but he's really cute. Don't just say it like we just started off passing notes because we didn't. Because I had a boyfriend, okay. even though he was being an ass. I still had one, and I was, you know, I don't know what you was doing with your girlfriend, but. Oh, man. I don't, I don't know. What, yeah. What? 
So so after after we got past this situation, <laughs> let's, let's 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 tell the people how we impacted each other's lives. Oh, and how you try to send me up for my twenty first birthday? That kind of impact? Nah, we talking about uh, uterine fibroids, girl. No, no, no. We had to we had to get it all out there. You know, because leading up to that, even between it, you took me to some doctor's appointments several before we even got to all the other good point stuff other not so good points of being me having five boys it was a procedure where you fell asleep in the lobby oh that's because you know you know i was i was out all night in these h town streets rapping you know with circle g shout out to my niggas you know what i'm talking about <laughs> really seriously but um now it was it was crazy. You were a young lady I thought was attractive, and you know I was interested in, and uh, I'm you know doing what most what most attractive young black males from H time do. You know what I'm saying I was trying to be around you, so I, I went to a couple of doctor's appointments with you, not knowing what the hell was going on, and um, yeah, that was like our first like experience. Just in, in, I guess, the courting phase now. And uh, we were going to the, what was the gynecologist? He was a gynecologist? Yeah. Yeah, and it was. Uh, the GYN down the street from the Y. Had a couple of procedures. So at first, when, we, when we were just talking, though, I didn't like going in the room with you or nothing like that. No. I just waited in the lobby sleep. A couple of them, th- we weren't even together for a couple no. of those things. Like we like we dated, y'all, we dated for like three months and then we broke up for like how many years? Like it was some years. It was it was a couple of it was a couple of years. Like six or seven. <laughs> but anyway, we found our way back to each other. So when you when when I finally told you everything that I was going through, what was your first thoughts about it? I mean so, um, you know, I grew up in the house with me, my, it was me, my dad, my brother, and my mom in the house. So I didn't know shit about periods or none like that. You know what I'm saying? I ain't had like no sister in the house and all the female in the house. And my mom, she ain't, I ain't know what that was. I mean, I knew about it, but I, I didn't have any real uh, experience with it until... I guess I got with you, and that's when I saw what uh, y'all really went through well, as females. But, I mean, you know, like once I had some serious relationships, like in high school, I guess in middle school I had like a serious relationship. I don't know what she had going on. but <laughs> Nah, and not in a bad way. She was cool, you know what I'm saying? She cool people, but, you know, I guess like my first serious, like serious, serious relationship, uh, the young lady had, she had these horrible cramps that time of the, that time of, you know, the mm-hmm. month. Yeah. And then the girl after her, same thing, you know, I'm driving down the street in the car, she's balled up in the passenger seat with cramps and shit. So to me, it was like some normal stuff. I thought that's what, I thought that was, no. I thought the cramping, and the excessive bleeding was normal. Um, 
so excessive bleeding. Were we married at the time? Okay, we're we're living together. We weren't. We were. We were engaged, and we were about, about to, get to get married because we lived with each other a year before we got married. Right. Because it was like, um, I guess we were putting our money together to pay for our own wedding. Right. Um, and so, are you talking about the day I thought somebody shot you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, because you said excessive bleeding. Now, right. your past girlfriends, mm-hmm. compared to me and what I was going through at that time. Right. 24. Could you tell the difference in between the way I was cramping and bleeding and what they had going on? Or did it all seem the same to you? So, it was the same to me until, I guess, that day I, I like... It was the same to me until we started living together. Because even when we weren't living together, I didn't just know how bad it was. Uh, like I said, you know, normal shit. You, you, your girl got like a little red dot on her pants. It ain't nothing to flip out about, you know. So you thought I was just over-exaggerating? Well, I mean, <laughs> I had seen a young lady with like, you know, a little red dot on her pants. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I, you know, I was immature. I knew what it was. Um... I didn't know how bad it was until, like, we moved in together. And I was like, oh, it's like 10 pads in the, in the trash can today. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, I thought you got shot. <laughs> what was, what was your going through your mind? Like, were you scared? You think I was dying? Like, what was... I thought you needed to go to the emergency room because, you know, when I walk in the bathroom from work, I open the door... You know, I got to pee or whatever. You in the tub. And, you know, it's a difference from sitting in the tub and there's some blood till the water was just red. You know what I'm saying? And then I look in the sink, and the sink is red. And it's blood everywhere. And I'm like, yo, you need to go to the doctor? Did somebody shoot you? Like, what's really going on? Like, it was weird. It, it was like a scene from, <laughs> like, a, 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 a horror movie or something because... The the tub was full of, it, the tub looked like it was full of blood. The sink looked like it was full of blood. I didn't know what to do. I was like, oh shit, do do we need to go to the ER? Let's nah. let's go to the to the emergency room. Like he literally tried to take me to the emergency room for everything. I yeah. think, but I think that's what what good husbands and boyfriends do. They they try to look out for you and take care of you. So. When anything popped off, you are popular. When anything <laughs> popped off, you know, uh, he was trying to get me to go to the emergency room or take a pill, lay down like something, because he just wanted to help and he didn't want to see me in that kind of pain. But, you know. Yeah, like take a pampering or something. But I had been and took all the pamperings, all the hydrocodone, all kinds of stuff, you know. And like I was like in last week's episodes, like we never knew what would trigger me to have an overflow of blood. Anything could happen. Yeah, it could be anything like and it my my biggest thing with, with the whole situation is it 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 um well are we this far yet? Do we have a Outline of summer following. I don't want to go ahead of ahead of ourselves. We kind of with it, you know. 
I, I think it's I, I think so I like I like what you're doing with the podcast. I think his information needs to get out there because I think it's crazy that in like twenty twenty or twenty twenty one, I'm sorry, a lot of people still don't really know what this is or what they're going through. I think uh like if you're you're dating a female, um, or you're married, you should kind of be involved in it. Cause like you had the incident with Thanksgiving a couple years ago before you had the final procedure where um, you had to get a blood transfusion because you lost so much blood. Yep, I think I had been bleeding for like a month, I think. And that was crazy too. I never experienced that. Like you were bleeding for months at a time. And this last time, um, you know, it it got got to the point where you had to have a blood transfusion. Like you probably could have died. I I, I almost did. My, My blood levels... Blood level was so low. My heart was, my heartbeat was erratic. I was dizzy. And I had never, my, previously I have gone to emergency rooms because of bleeding. And I would never let them transfuse me. Like, they'd be like, oh, we really shouldn't let you leave here because your levels are too low. But it wasn't as low as it was at that point. And I might have always felt some of that, but after Thanksgiving, what was that, 2017? Because I had the surgery in 18? Yeah, it was something like that. I had never felt like that. So I'm glad we actually did go to the emergency room because ain't no telling well. I'll be right now. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it, I was bleeding, but it wasn't heavy. Although it was like really like on and off, but it was over like the month and a half. And, you know, I didn't really think anything of it because I'm used to it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I was used to bleeding four to six months at a time. Yeah. Um, that's crazy because it, it was. I, so I think with that aspect of it, if we if we go back and just talk about from when we just got married. Um, I I think it was a strain. I don't think it was that much of a strain on our relationship just due to the bond we have. We're actually friends Mm -hmm. first. So, you know, and I I like being around my wife as a person. So I think when you like uh, the person that you are married to, it, it allows you to to deal with some tough times, and being a young couple, just married, um, one to have kids, not really knowing what this is, mm-hmm. we went like months at a time where we we couldn't even like have sex, you yeah. know, and that's like a that's a strain on a relationship because, like, you know, you want to have sex and you can't. Cause it's constant bleeding. You probably felt the way you probably felt uh, unattractive. Unattractive, like you used to say. Not you didn't feel fresh because you were bleeding all the time. And and I was tired. I mean, you're losing blood. You're not. You're not getting anything, and you're losing all this energy because you're bleeding. Like I was tired mm-hmm. all the time. Like nine o'clock come, my body shut down. Even before then, like I just wanted. It's like I can never get enough rest. Right. So 
even when I wasn't on my period or bleeding, it was just like my body was just like in recover mode, just sleep or something. So it, it was hard for me to try to like, I'm not in the mood. I don't feel like it. I'm tired. I just want to sleep. And as a wife, you know, you kind of feel like trash because, you know, your husband, he not he going through it with you, but he's a man, you know, as a husband, he has needs, and you want to fulfill those needs as a wife. And I felt a little trash about it, you know? I feel like as a man, if you, if you know, if you love the, you love that person. So, yeah, there were nights that I was frustrated about it, <laughs> upset about it, you know, but... Oh yeah, <laughs> I, you know if you love if you love somebody you're gonna be there for them. Because the other piece is I feel like, you know I can have some shit going on in my life that affects that aspect of the relationship too. You know I I feel a way if you just bounced on me, um, so it's just something that you sign up for when you say you're with someone, uh for for the long haul. You okay. Know? All right, so you in it for the long haul. But before then, before we got married, before we got to the point in our relationship, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever you have, we talking, what made you still, because you knew about it, what still made you stick around before you even knew that you loved What made you say, hey, you know what, I can deal with it. I'm, uh, what made you stick around through it? Because there's a lot to go through. Yeah, so... I didn't, but you have to realize I I didn't know how bad it was until we started living together. So, <gasps> are you saying I'm treating you? No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying I didn't. I, like I said, I didn't know any. I didn't know any. I didn't know anything about any of this stuff. So, you know, once we moved in together, that's when I learned out more about these fibroids. Um. And and once we got that serious where we were engaged and, and, and living together, that's when I start going to the doctor's appointments and actually going in the in the room with you and learning about the situation, asking, learning about the fibroids. Asking questions. Asking questions. Scaring doctors. Yeah, because sometimes <laughs> I'll, you know, I, I ask questions that you won't ask. And, you know, I'm like, hey, man, what, what does this mean? And I remember, like, the first procedure I saw, uh, I think you spoke about it last, the last episode. Mm-hmm. I don't know the correct name for it, but homie had the little bag, and he had the little camera shit. And um, I think you weren't on your cycle. Well, you were on the cycle, but um, it, it was so much blood in his bag. Mm-hmm. Did they? I, was it, like, water they, they shot up your coochie yeah. to? <laughs> oh, so to, to put the little camera <laughs> in your coochie, cam- right? To, to, so the camera can float in. They have to use water. So they use the water. They It's like a tube, I guess. They flush, push water with the camera so it can float into the... Oh. Yeah, so that's when I started learning about it. And, you know, I'm pretty sure in, in later episodes you'll speak about just the actual procedures and the correct names and some of the things that you went through, mm-hmm. but just, you know, for like 10 years, we, we, I feel like it was longer than 10 years, but I know at least for 10 years, you know, we dealt, we dealt with this where yep. you dealt with it. I was a witness to it. Now, uh, you, you dealt with it too. You, you might not have to feel the pain or anything like that, but you dealt with it too. You was going through it with me. 
Shoot, from the very, even when we weren't talking, you were still going through it with me. Because you, you always remain my friend. Right. And I could call on you. Like, I can call you at any time. Like, if you was available, you'd be there to pick me up, drop me off. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like you moved to Atlanta. I came and got you from Atlanta. Yeah. And then when you got home, I felt like you had to go to a doctor's appointment. I did. That was the first surgery in 2004. Remember, in 2004, after your birthday party, we moved to Atlanta. Right? Right. And I stayed up there for four months. And I came back home because whatever reason, but I needed to get to the doctor. And I didn't know no doctor up there, so I came back home to Houston. And we scheduled everything for my surgery. You drove me back to Atlanta and to pick up all my stuff because I moved right back home and then I had surgery. Yeah, that did happen. Damn. <laughs> right. So, yeah. That's what happened. I think, and so, I I think this is, so any couple, like any females out there, I, I know men don't supposed to speak for females, but in, any females out there who are dealing with this, like, like you got to get, like, your partner involved in it, especially if y'all are serious, because I think it takes, like, a real support system to get through it. And a lot of females, they don't know too much about it. Um, a lot of times, we as females, we don't we don't talk about it. Like, with me, I'm, I'm pretty private with the things I'm going through. Like I've mentioned, like, I think it was the first episode. We really don't talk. A lot of females don't talk and share what they're going through. But if we talk, you know, I could have bypassed some of this stuff. I didn't learn about a lot of the things to kind of help um, shrink these things naturally mm -hmm. until, what, a year or a couple of months right before I had my last surgery? It was later on. And what right. what frustrates me more about the situation is sometimes doctors, they don't truly inform you. I feel like that first doctor you had for the couple of the first couple of procedures, he was just getting money. Oh, he, he definitely was getting money. I'm so look, it took Aaron I think with him, we went through three surgeries. Yeah, I was gonna slap him. We went through three surgeries and Aaron was like, Look, we gonna do this and after this you find you a new doctor. Fuck that new that's what he, that's how he is. And that's exactly what he said. Man, forget this. He ain't doing what he's supposed to do. All you keep doing is having surgeries. I'm tired of this shit. Find a new doctor. And I said, okay. And that's when I realized it's the same surgery over and over. And I mean, at that point, I'm, look, we got married at like 27, 28. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're, we're trying to have kids. And, you know, after one surgery, there's hope. You stop bleeding for a couple of months. And then all of a sudden you have another heavy period and boom, you're bleeding again for four months straight. It's the same shit. It's it's fibroids in the walls of your uterus. Is is that what it was? Yes, sir. Um, and and it, it's the same thing that keeps happening over and over again. And now you're having what four or five procedures of this scraping shit. Yep. And then, um, you know, 
I'm pretty sure you'll you'll ex- explain this further as you go on throughout the series of, of pods. But, you know, just to make a long story a little short for the episode that we're speaking of, just how this affected our marriage. Um, we of course we want kids. I want kids. She wants kids. Um, and it's like it's like once every year we get this false hope. Yeah. Then you know we're you know we married, so I'm trying to shoot the club up. <laughs> Can't stand you. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> we think the club shot up, and then ain't no casualties. You know what I'm saying? Shut up! Like I think for the first time I was like. I was so excited. I had missed for like my period for like three months. And I go get the test and it's negative. And I'm like, well, I ain't bleeding. So what I'm do? Yup. Go to the doctor. Oh yo, no, you're definitely not pregnant. Thank you. I I, I see that. Thanks. Um, you're definitely not pregnant. Your um hormones out of whack. We're going to give you this progesterone to get your cycle back on course. And then you take all the birth control and, you know, all this other bull crap. And it's just like, great. That's the shot that, that gave you hot flashes, like put you in menopause? Nope. That's a Lupron injection. Oh, that's a different one. Yes. And I think that's the other piece that, that females don't know about, like the birth control and all these other medications that y'all take. I think it affects you also. Um. Oh, yes, sir. And I, you know, so I think we, we, we got to have education for that too. Men got to be educated about it so they can kind of see the signs to help their wives out or their, their spouses or their partners out to be able to, and you got to go to the, to the, to the appointment so you can know what's going on. So you can be that support system. Cause like I said, we went to fertility, fertility doctors. Mm-hmm. I got checked. You got checked. Um, and when you fast forward to the last the last situation you had with the last doctor who I actually kinda like, but I guess I scared her a little bit. Oh, you scared her, all right. Um scared the shit out there. Come That's come to find home. out. Look, you you wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't have even been able to carry the kid because because of the amount of procedures you had that that messed up your uterus. So you you wouldn't even have been able to have a kid. And at that that point it's called a hysterectomy, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, just get the hysterectomy because um, at this point in our lives, we're in our 30s now. At this point, you're bleeding all the time. I'm reading up on it. I'm finding out that the shit can start causing cancer. Yep. To have blood sitting, sitting there for so long. Mm-hmm. You have to have a blood transfusion because you bled so much. And it was affecting just our quality of life. Like, you 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 want to lose weight, you're gaining weight, but you can't go work out because the moment you go get on the elliptical or Stairmaster, try to walk a mile, it, it's, it's like bloody. blood everywhere. Yep. You know, you can't even enjoy like regular life now. You can't go to concerts because if you walk up some stairs, you might bleed. Yep. You just can't enjoy life. You're always worried about having a million pads yep. everywhere. Yep. And it, it frustrated me because... Now I'm like, well, you you can't even enjoy life. Like we're not even enjoying us because you can't. Your 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 iron levels are low. Your your fatigue. You know, like you can't you can't do the things you want to do to better yourself. So now I'm just like, 
get the hysterectomy. I know we don't have kids. We want us to have kids. You're young, but I'm cool with not having kids. So you can live a normal life and enjoy life. But see, even though I had to, I wasn't fully at that point yet. I was still really willing to suffer and try to shrink this thing or have another procedure because I really wanted to have kids. And I don't I don't know if it affected me differently. I'm not saying that he didn't feel the same way I did. It's just I don't know it's weird. For me as as a woman, I'm just like I I need to produce kids because I'm a woman, I'm a wife. That's what we do. So and if I couldn't do that then I'm broken. Something, something's wrong with me. I'm I'm broke. And I, I really wanted that. Not just, and I wanted him to be able to continue his family name. Like I thought, I thought that we would make some really awesome parents. And I wanted to see that mini version of what me and him could create. You know, even to this day, it's still. A really, really touchy subject for me. I I think that doing this pod is therapy for you. It's therapy. It's therapy for both of us. But I really think it's therapy for you because I think you're gonna be able to get a chance to say some of this stuff out loud. We've never really had the conversation of not having kids and how it has affected us. Um, one, because I felt like I had to be the support system for you. I know how much you wanted kids and like, you're kind of disappointed you couldn't have them. So I felt like I couldn't let you know how I truly felt about it because I didn't want, I didn't want it to depress you more when I, when I say, um, how I truly felt about not having kids because at the time. You're the one that was dealing. You're the one that was dealing with this physically. So, I, I needed you to be as mentally stable as you could be while you deal with it. Because I, I know it's a big deal for a female not to have that experience of carrying a kid and and birthing a kid. You know, so I, I feel like I couldn't. I was honest with you, but I feel like I couldn't be. That's the thing. As honest as I should have been. And I feel like you you should have been. I get what you're saying that you couldn't have that conversation with me, but in a sense, I feel like you, you holding back was in a sense kind of lying to me because we also discussed adoption. Mm-hmm. And you was like, yeah, I'm all for it, but essentially, because we touched on it a little bit, you're not really for adoption. So here I am thinking, okay, he's cool with it. If this doesn't work out, I'll still be able to, you know, be a mom in a sense through adoption. I'm cool with that, but really, you like, yeah, I'm good. Um, So, I I wouldn't say I lied. 
I would say I didn't I didn't tell the I didn't tell the full truth mm -hmm. because again I, I didn't want you you're you're like sensitive. I didn't want you to feel away. And because of the example that my my dad set, I just felt like I had to make sure you were fine. I'll be okay. I'll get over whatever feelings I had. And so the feelings that I had was, you know, I, I never wanted a bunch of kids. I'm, I wanted maybe one or two kids. Mm -hmm. um, so, honestly, not having kids, um, it, it doesn't bother me that much because I enjoy the lifestyle we have. And there are we, we have enough nieces and nephews in our life where kind of get the fulfillment of being a father figure. Um so I don't feel like I I don't feel like I totally don't have any place in life. The biggest thing for me was I just feel like my my dad's lineage stops with me. Even mm -hmm. though my dad has grandkids. Um, just those relationships aren't really there. So I kind of feel like his lineage kind of stops with me because I don't, I don't have a kid of my own to, I guess, um, <coughs> pass those, those lessons that my dad and my grandfather taught me. Right. I don't have that. My brother has kids. Mm -hmm. My sister has kids. Mm -hmm. So essentially, um, my dad's lineage will continue. But with my sister's kids, uh, he, he doesn't have a relationship with them. Exactly. So none of those, and I don't have a relationship with them. So none of those values and traits, you know, <coughs> will get passed on. Um, but with just me and you... I'm happy with our lifestyle. So not having a kid isn't like the biggest disappointment for me. I'm kind of fine with it. Um, it, it bothers me a little bit now, probably because I'm getting closer to 40 and that window is closed. But, you know, it's not like I'm going to go out and have a kid with somebody. So I don't really care. Yeah, so I don't really care about not having kids now. Um, I was more concerned about just your well-being, um, your quality of life. So I probably wasn't all the way truthful either because I felt like I couldn't be. I had to. I I, I had to be strong for the both of us. Mm -hmm. I didn't want you to think that I was depressed. Or I felt the way, or I was gonna leave because we couldn't have kids. So that probably was one of my my biggest fears. What that you would leave? Nah, because I couldn't have kids. Well, because I didn't marry you to have kids. I married Dominique because I was in love with Dominique, and everything that comes with that comes with it, and you deal with it in life. Not having kids, I, I can live with not having kids. Um. Like, not having kids isn't a deal-breaker for me with you um, because I enjoy the relationship. Yeah. I get that, but 
it, I didn't get it. Like no, it clicked. It was just like he's gonna leave because of this. And so that's why I that's why I wasn't fully truthful about how I felt about not having kids because at that time I didn't want you to have to think about on top of everything else. Oh, he might want to leave. He's so sweet, ain't he, y'all? Always thinking about me. So I feel like this is, and I mean, we, we of course, we've talked about this before now, but that's why I think this is good for you because it gives you an opportunity to talk. Out, we, we can talk about this stuff out loud. And I feel, because I honestly think you're still depressed. I honestly feel like you're still in some sort of depression about not having kids. And we have beautiful goddaughters that are in our life that we are allowed to treat as our kids. This is true. But I know that even being around them sometimes makes you feel a way about not being able to have your own kids. It does. And I and I don't know when or how sometimes to to get I guess get over it or to move not get over but move past it and yeah this is me this is my life and acknowledge that but still move away from from that hurt because it it hurts and it 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 saddens me and I'm I'm not gonna cry right now yeah so I don't know when it will not be such an emotional topic for me. I think you never talked about it really out loud. So like you, you've talked about the fibroids and how they've affected you. You talked somewhat about not being able to have kids, but you hold a lot of stuff in and you don't really share your emotions as, as much as you should. And so I think as you go down this journey of just talking about it, writing about it, sharing your experiences, um, it will give you some closure. And I think you will be able to move on. That is the hopes. That, that, and I really pray that that is the case. Because, yeah. I think I got closure because I talk to myself and I answer myself. So I have full <laughs> conversations with myself, you know. So, and, and that's where you got your closure from. Um. Yes, my. Sometimes my happiness is tied to your happiness. It's probably not a healthy thing. It shouldn't be that way. Um. But. I think I really got closure once you had the hysterectomy, and I saw you could enjoy life. Mm-hmm. Um, after you had that procedure and you healed up from it, it looked like you had a weight lifted up off of you because your quality of life was different. Um, you didn't, you, you didn't have to deal with, like I saw some relief. I saw relief of not having to pack three pair of panties, two pair of pants to work, a million pads, um, I just saw the relief of you're not bleeding for months at a time. You could work out. You could walk upstairs. You could walk through Vegas. 
you know, all the, you know, cause we like to travel. And so yeah. you, you, you for like the first time since we had really been an item, which is damn near 20 years. Yeah. You were really, really enjoying life. Like you were when I first met you. And so I saw that weight get lifted off of you. I did see you have depression about not having kids. Like you would randomly just be crying sometimes. And when people talk about kids, I could see you get sad. Like I said, we have three beautiful God, God daughters that we, we are allowed to treat as our own. And I see you sometimes fill away because they're not your kids and you don't have kids. And it's true, it's true, but and the adoption thing, like I said, like I was cool with it, like I'm still cool with it now. I just I feel like it doesn't have to be a replacement, like it doesn't have to. I feel like it doesn't have to. For me, it's not a it's not a necessity. I'm cool with it, like I'm cool with how our life is, right? And like I've always told you, if it's something you really want to do, of course I'm gonna do it. And you know, I wouldn't treat the kid any differently. Um, I would I would show the kid weird things to do. You show every kid weird things to do. Silly. Wow. Okay. What else you got in your tablet over there? Look. Um, I have, with with me going through everything I went through, and I think I know the answer to this. But I'm gonna ask ask it anyway. What was your biggest fear with it all? With everything you went through, I'm not gonna say death because <clears throat> I didn't think it was something you could die from. Um, really? Up until. You had to have the blood transfusion. It was to me. It was. It was like some comfort shit. I didn't think it was like um, life threatening until the incident where you had to have the blood transfusion because you had lost so much blood over a couple of months. And when I start reading about the fact that having bleeding that long could could cause some sort of cancer, mm-hmm. so. Once I I knew that information, yeah, the biggest fear was, um, the biggest fear was 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 you know lo- losing my wife to this situation. Before that, it was just depression. Um, thinking that you would fall into a depression that would be a strain on our relationship. Okay. So it never was. My fear was not me leaving you because of it, mm-hmm. but my fear was us, uh, you know, breaking up because of it, because of just you being depressed and our relationship not working out. Because of the strain, and I just figured you was, that was my fear that you was just going to leave me because you got tired of dealing with me in a situation. You ain't had no, we ain't had no kids, so... That's that's what I felt. Like I I just want I want to move next door so we could have dinner every other day. No, that's that's not how this works. We've discussed <laughs> that. It's not how this works. And listen, okay, we also have a question from Charlotte. 
who has a question for you, sir. All right. She wants to know, did you notice an emotional change with me? And if so, when? <laughs> um, well, it's, you don't, our biggest beef in our marriage is that you don't talk about <laughs> anything. So e- emotionally wise, um, I, I can't say I saw a change because I have to make you talk. So that's normal. H- however, I did see um, just a change. And I, I, I don't know if it's your mood, but just I could tell that you may have gotten depressed. I could tell something was depressing you. Like I said, when I first met you, your your attitude of, of wanting to do certain things and try to strive and reach certain goals changed. Mm-hmm. And I think it changed because you were kind of depressed about the situation you were in. Um, so I can see that. Like, prime example, when you were going to culinary school, like you had a dream, you wanted to do this, and you went to school to do it. Um, and that, that time that you went to school was a time that, you know, you, you weren't dealing with this as much. It was one of those, um, better periods where you weren't better periods, (laughs) where you weren't, (laughs) where you weren't, you weren't bleeding as much. Um, and towards the end of it, when you got through with school, like I said, we started dealing with one of those. Mm Mm-hmm harder times with 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 the bleeding and i think that affected your drive and your wanting to do certain things so that's the change i saw i could agree with that i can agree with that that's all i got for you today sir i think this was good so this was episode three of the search for memphis in dakota yeah meeting papa that's you. Oh, that's me. Yeah. That's yeah, because that's gay if it ain't me. Pause. Um, oh my gosh. So, like I said, man, you can find us uh, wherever you find your podcast at on Apple iPods. Um, we're on Anchor. We're on Spotify. We're on Breaker. We're on um, Google Podcast. Google Podcast. Pocket Cast. Pocket Cast. Radio Public. Radio Public. Um, the email TCM Project. At gmail.com. At outlook.com. Outlook.com. <laughs> the search for Memphis and Dakota on Facebook. TCM Project underscore 2004 on Instagram. And the search for Memphis and Dakota on YouTube. So, guys, please like, share, comment, and hit me up on the... um. The email if you have any questions or concerns i'm um, look forward to hearing from you guys and until next time peace out